only goddamn time you ever hear me say run a Traxa. Hey, this is the Commander Cookout Podcast, episode 69. I'm Brando. I'm here with Ryan. Today we're going to continue the arc of the Planeswalker by talking about the driving force behind the greatest magic story never told. Now hit our theme song! Hey, Ryan. We're back for yet another whirlwind adventure. How you doing? Good. What's going down? Whole ton is going down. We're back to talk about yet another obscure Planeswalker deck and have a amazing time doing it. Also, I think we have some stories of deck building and magic playing, which feed into a conversation that we've been having on our Facebook page. <laughs> so lots going on, lots to get into. It's ironic, really. So we reach out to the Facebook group and a couple of our longtime patrons about the Vivictus Asmati The Dire deck that we touched on last week. Turns out, land destruction. Not quite the boogeyman that it used to be in the format says our Facebook followers and patrons. I think that that's mostly true. Land Destruction, for the most part, is not really that good. We built a Land Destruction deck here a few weeks ago during Arc of Opposition, I believe. We the, did? The Golgari deck. We did a Golgari Voltron Land Destruction. I forget why we oh, did Oh, yeah, that. that's right. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think that, I mean, unless you're talking Zozu the Punisher, for the most part, I think Land Destruction in EDH is pretty fair. Yeah, we, and here's the thing, we don't want to get into it too much because there's enough here to do an episode on, but you could use it to protect a win condition, make it so people don't counter your stuff because they don't have any lands. You could do kind of like a Staxi type build, which is maybe perfect for today's list. Or you could use it to draw all the hate at the table and make sure that you have absolutely no fun for the entire night. That, that's what I did. Yeah, that's, don't do it like that, kids. Whoops. <laughs> So, yeah, a couple of tweaks to the Vivictus deck. We're going to tech it out um, a couple of weeks from now, maybe, once we finish up the arc of the Planeswalker. We're not doing a Planeswalker deck today, but we are doing another themish-type build with somebody who is friends with a Planeswalker. You're right. The theme, the Planeswalker that I had in mind, I guess, is a Planeswalker. But, yeah, the general is, is not. He was a good homie of a Planeswalker, though. Yeah, for sure. So today we are doing... Chromium the Mutable. And I know that the Elder Dragons from M19 are getting covered a lot right now because they're fairly new. We're going to give you a little bit of a different take on it. So if you're into Esper, uh, I alluded to it a little bit, Staxi control builds with a touch of Voltron, uh, maybe this is your shit. Also, if you've ever wondered what it looks like when a Grohl player tries to build an Esper control list, stay tuned. So terrible. I've got a lot of notes on how bad this deck is. But we're going to fix it up and make it good as soon as Brando does our social media coordinates and we have a couple shout-outs. So let's get right to it. Okay, we are CCO Podcast on Twitter and tappedout.net. That's where you can see this list, next week's list, last week's list, any other list we've talked about over the course of the show. We are commandercookout at gmail.com. That's where you can send us any love mail, hate mail, Show suggestions, planeswalkers you want to see in this arc, discussion topics you'd like to hear us address, maybe suggestions to what you want to see on the website, but no nudes. It's funny. I, I Remember I told you I've been doing alters for people online. I got sent a nude, and I got asked to do a nude. Not, not of me, but of something. Didn't end up doing the nude, did something else, but yeah, nudes. They're all around. Nudes are everywhere. It's the internet. It's a crazy place. <laughs> yeah, don't go on the internet. <laughs> Don't Google nudes on the internet. 
We are also Commander Cookout on iTunes, Google Play, Google Machine, EDHREC.com, FlipsideGaming.com, where you can use promo code CCOFU to get 10% off store-wide. We're also Commander Cookout on YouTube, Patreon, Podomatic, where we are trying to take down them scrapbooking ladies, and the actual, officially, official home of Commander Cookout podcast, CommanderCookout.com! Yeah, not a whole lot there right now, because we are in talks with each other to set up what kind of future content we're going to provide to CCO Nation, but uh, all of our backlog is there. Not that I'm telling you to not go to Potomatic because you need to go there to like us, to beat the ninnies, but it is a little bit easier to find everything there if you don't like doing the, uh, the YouTube or iTunes or Google Play kind of backlog thing on your phone. You could go to CommanderCoco.com. Yes. Also... Speaking of Potomatic, if you go there, you have at least another week to like us, follow us there, or on Facebook, which we are Commander Cookout on Facebook as well, to get entered into our Kenrith Twins giveaway contest. Yeah, for sure. Battle-tested and victorious. Foil, promo, Will and Rowan Kenrith, given to you for free for helping spread the word of CCO Nation. Yes, and I think we're giving those away, is it next week or the week after? Well, I think next week is what we talked about being the final episode in Ark of Planeswalker. I think that we do it on next week's show. Excellent. So you have at least seven more days to like, share, get us out there, and we will maybe be giving you some cool stuff. Very. Maybe, maybe we'll throw in some stuff from the foil bag. It's been a long time since Whoa. I went into the foil bag for, pri- for prizes. Gross. <laughs> Speaking of giveaways... And I mentioned altars. Big shout out to everybody who bid on the altars on the Facebook page. I do want to say we're not turning the Facebook page into an auction page for my altars, but we have been asked to uh, maybe put them on like a store on um, commandercoco.com. So we're talking about that. We're seeing what that kind of looks like. And if there's any interest, if you like that idea, let us know either on Facebook or Twitter. And I'm going to be continuing about once a week to put a few altars up. So big shout out to everyone who bids. And if you are a bidder, I didn't mention it for this time, but the last time I had auctions up, if you bid, you do get an entry into the current ARCs giveaway. That is true. So shout outs. Shout outs. Shout out to Keith Wilder New Year. That's a weird name. Keith Wilder New Year? That's his Facebook name. He's the winner of the Skuma Altered Soul Ring for Wedge from the Mana Source. So big shout out to him. I don't think we need to give him a funny nickname. His name's Wilder New Year. So sweet. It sounds like my new year every year. Keith, big shout out. Jay Sage got his uh, address. He's going to ship him the Soul Ring. Shout out to Mark Morales, patron. Is he a baseball player? Nope. Is he a flamenco guitar player? Probably not. Who is this guy? He actually could be a flamenco guitar player. He is from Spain. He said, don't worry about mispronouncing his last name because in Catalonian, the the double L sound doesn't exist in English. So I think that we're just going to call him Mark. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah, Mark. <laughs> Got it. Perfect. Shout out to you. Me? No, him. Oh, F you. Should we do a list? A list? Sure, I, I guess we could do a list. That's what we're here for? I suppose we mentioned him off the top. Chromium the Mutable. Give him a read. Chromium the Mutable is a 7-7 for white, blue, black, 4. Flash, can't be countered, flyer, with, discard a card until end of turn. Chromium the Mutable becomes a human with base power and toughness 1-1, loses all abilities, gains hexproof, can't be blocked. Huh. So 
being the Ark of the Planeswalker and knowing that Chromium is not a Planeswalker, what the F? Chromium was in Wait, his... let me rephrase. What the F? In two minutes or less. Chromium was actually the good buddy of a Planeswalker named Ravidel. Ravidel was formerly not a Planeswalker, as they usually are, who was taken on as a mage's assistant by a Planeswalker whose name I can't remember and isn't even important anyway. F that guy. Now that guy was a member of, or the dude that actually caused the Summit of the Null Moon to happen, and Ravidel and Chromium were both killed. Whoa. Then a couple other Planeswalkers who I had never heard of until I started doing this arc came along, brought Ravidel back to life with with his Planeswalker's spark, but when he came back, he was all depraved and insane and super pissed off that his mentor and all of his compatriots had, you know, let him die, and his best buddy got killed. Shitty deal. So what he decided to do was he went out and he rounded up all the Moxen, like Mox Ruby, Mox Pearl, Mox Emerald, Mox Jet, all those things, smashed them all together, and made a beacon in Karander to drag all the planeswalkers that had ever wronged him to that place and have them fight to the death while he watched and kind of laughed a little bit. Gross. Now, the reason we call this at the, off the top, it was the greatest magic story never told. It's called The War of the Planeswalkers, and it took place back in, I think it was in the 80s or 90s. The 90s, obviously. <laughs> yeah, the 80s. It took back in, like, 1982. If you look at the at the art in the comics, it looks like it's from the 80s. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they I, didn't have uh, the uh, top-of-the-line comic artists back then. Yeah, no. No, they did not. But... It took place back in the early 90s, did not really catch on the way magic has today, so the comic line was actually cancelled, so we have no idea what became of any of these people. Some of them we do. There is additional story on them, but the actual Planeswalker War only exists pieced together on various like magic lore websites and Wikipedia and stuff, so there's not a whole lot of oomph or robustness to this portion of the magic story. Which is unfortunate because it sounds really cool. A bunch of planeswalkers pre-being bitches all fighting each other. That's a bunch of gods fighting. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So I that's, like it. So that's Ravidel. That's why it's Chromium. I picked him solely out of flavor because both of them, I think, are kind of shitty as EDH generals. But uh, here we are. Yeah, both Chromiums, you mean? Yes. Yeah, okay. So let's get into it. We look at the deck and we've got creatures up right now and the creature suite looks kind of all over the place but i know that the theme is you called it baby's first stacks deck yeah and i dig what you're putting down let's get into it okay let's take a look at some of these dudes eight creatures including chromium so not very many so we got baleful strix this guy's a good stacks guy if you can flash him so black blue one one flying death touch when he enters the battlefield draw a card Okay, if you could bounce him or block with him and get him back, he kills their attacker, and he draws you a card. And he can block kind of anything, because he flies. Sure. Evil Twin. Four mana, black blue two, zero zero. When he enters the battlefield, he copies something, creature, and you can you can do blue-black, tap, destroy target creature with the same name. So he, also good if you can bounce him. Okay. Now, I wanted, he's actually a flavor include, because chromium is a shapeshifter. And I know that his card shifts shapes, and it makes perfect storyline sense, but having a 1-1 sucks, 
So I threw this guy in there as like a removal spell and a shape shifting theme. Thing. Okay, yeah, no, I dig that. I I think Evil Twin is super good. Uh, All Star in Scrapatraxa Spy Kit dot deck that we did a couple months back. Super cool deck. Check it out. Next up, we have a Plague Meter. CCO Staple, two mana, one one. Taps for colorless and infect. So we're going to see a couple instances of infect in here. I think because chromium is unblockable. Pontiff of Blight. Hmm. Six mana. Black, black, four, two, seven. So he's got a large butt. Extort. So whenever you cast a spell, you can pay white or black. And if you do, each opponent loses life. You gain that much life. Important. That much life. Yes. Not just one life. That much life. And other creatures you control have extort. So... Every creature that you control has extort. If you cast another card, you can play black or white for each creature you control. So all of a sudden your opponents are losing like tons of life and you're gaining tons of life. Correct. Sun Titan. Also six mana. White, white, four. Vigilance, six, six. When he enters the battlefield or attacks, you get a permanent card with converted mana cost three or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. If this is a stacks deck, he better be getting lands. Or tangle wire. Yeah, baby. Okay. He gets all kinds of things. One of those things could be a Thrall Parasite. Yeah, 1-1 one, one Black Thrall with Extort, and you could tap Pay 2 Life, remove a counter from target non-land permanent. Uh, do you remove one of your own counters? Or Planeswalkers or Divinity Counters if anybody's playing something stupid. It's just a utility thing, and oh, it has yeah. Extort. I, I don't know why I went with Extort. I just Ravidel felt like an extortionist to me. Yeah, maybe. I, I like that you're going to gain a lot of life because there's a card in here that takes advantage of it. Let's continue. With Tithe Drinker. Black, white, lifelink, 2-1, extort. Treasury Thrall. Another six drop. God, you're killing me. 4-4 four, four for black, white, 4 with extort. And when treasury, treasury Thrall attacks, you may return target artifact, creature, or enchantment card from your graveyard to your hand. Ah, but it's six. It's excellent. Clear the board. Attack with your 4-4. Four, four, get something that you had to sacrifice to your own shit back. I like it in in a in a stack shell. I don't I don't mind that card. Where do you want to go next? Instants and sorceries. Instants and sorceries. Instants. There's not very many of these either. There's three. It's a little bit weird for a stacks deck. You want to be holding up mana as much as you can so you could do it last possible minute. I don't I don't know if I dig this. Babies for stacks decks, Ryan. So let's okay. check it out. We have Heroes Downfall. Black black one. Destroy target creature or planeswalker. Exactly Full what Rapidel likes doing, right? I think so. Yeah. Mortify. Black, white, one, instant, destroy target, enchantment, or creature. Full stop. Tainted strike. Another infector. So it's instant for black. Target creature gets plus one, plus zero, and gains infect. Now, if you infected chromium when you don't mute him, that's eight. Okay. It's not bad. I don't mind that. Want to check out some uh, sorceries? I wish there were some instances of proliferate in this deck. All right. Okay. Well, we'll we can talk about that in a minute. Okay. Yeah. We got a we got a special section just for that. Yeah, let's do some. Let's do some more sorceries here. We got austere command. The first of seven. Another six drop. Okay. So, white, white four. Choose one. Artifacts, enchantments, creatures with mana cost three or less, or creatures with four or more. You destroy two of them. Nice. Damnation. Destroy all black. No. Destroy all creatures. They can't be regenerated for black, black two. Demonic tutor. Uh, that's just a tutor for two mana. That's a good one. Supreme Verdict. Destroy all creatures can't be countered for four mana. Toxic Deluge. Three mana destroy all creatures. You got to pay life for that one, though. Super good, actually, because it's three mana. And it wrecks indestructible things. Yes. Very important. Yep. Vindicate. Destroy target permanent. How come that's not an anguished unmaking? 
I'm just going to go right now into what that could be. Same mana cost, instant speed, lose three life. You're going to have the life. You want the honest answer or the, the, the flavor answer? Both. Okay, flavor answer. Ravidel is a super vindictive human, thus vindicate. Okay, that's the thing. Actual real life answer. I actually had a vindicate on my table while I was typing in the deck list. And I was like, that's a really good card. There and it's go. in the colors. I should play this. As I say, full stop. <laughs> Destroy target permanent. You can get a land with it, which... I'm sure a stacks deck wouldn't mind doing every once in a while. And Anguish on Making, I believe, is non-land. Correct. Okay. And lastly, we have Wrath of God. It's the white damnation. Just kidding. It's Wrath of God. White, white to destroy all creatures that can't be regenerated. You don't like regeneration in this deck, eh? Regeneration is terrible. <laughs> Somebody was playing something that had regenerate the other day. I think it was JJ's vampire deck. Something in it regenerated. And I just couldn't kill it. God damn it. <laughs> What, what the hell card is it? Um, Knight of the Holy Nimbus. I used to play it in a deck, and everybody was always so... It's a 2-2 two, two for 2 with flanking, and every time it dies, it regenerates unless somebody pays 2. Yeah. And people are just like, I hate it, I hate it, I hate it, I hate it, I hate it! And they make a point of killing it. It's like, come on, it's dude. It's super good with um, Suppression Field from Ravnica, I think. Suppression Field makes all activated abilities of creatures cost 2 more. It might be good in this deck, actually, because then... It's harder to it's harder for people to turn off your knight and clergy from Legends of the Holy Nimbus. They regenerate for free when they die. That was a deck I was trying to do for Legacy a little while ago, but eh. <laughs> <laughs> you want to talk about some artifacts? Absolutely. Let's start with it. Turns out my new favorite artifact in Magic. And yeah, I just talked about this the other day that every deck plays this, and now yours is no exception. Aetherflux Reservoir. Aetherflux Reservoir, super good with your extort guys. If you can gain that much life, um, really you only have to gain 10. So. 11. Uh, yeah, yeah, 11, I suppose. Four mana, when you cast a spell, you gain one life for each spell you've cast this turn. So your first spell, you gain one life, then you gain two life, then you gain three life. I don't think that in this deck you're going to be casting any more than that. No. But if you can gain a life or two per spell in addition to your extorts. And then the second part of it is pay 50 life. Aetherflux Reservoir deals 50 damage to target creature or player. Good night. See you later. Go get me a beer and get yourself an ice pack. <laughs> For your butt. Next up, we have the Azorius Signet. That is the white-blue Signet. Pay one, tap it, get white-blue. Chromatic Lantern. Three mana. Lands you control, tap for any color, and you can tap it for any color. Commander Sphere. Three mana, tap it for any color, sacrifice it, no tap there. Super good. Super good in stacks if you can get it back with, I don't know, Sun Titan? Anyways, sacrifice it, draw a card. Crucible of Worlds. Crucible of Worlds. That's Sun Titan Jr. Three mana, you may play land cards from your graveyards. Good with fetch lands. You running them? Of course you are. Demir Signet. That's the black-blue Signet. Velwar Stone. Two mana, taps for one mana of any color land an opponent controls could produce. What is that, Reflecting Pool? No, uh... How about Fractured Power Stone? I saw this. Do you mean Worn Power Stone or Fractured Power Stone? No, I mean Fractured Power Stone because we played Plane Chase the other night. Ah, okay. Plane so Chase is awesome. People who don't play Plane Chase have no idea what this card is, so it's two mana artifact, tap for one, or tap, roll the plane or die. <laughs> <laughs> Activate this ability only anytime you could cast a sorcery. So rolling the plane or die is awesome in plane chase. I'm sure we'll talk about plane chase at some point throughout the life of the show because we really like it. And after playing it for the last couple of weeks. Yeah, 100%. You know what? In Last year in the first few episodes of the show, we mentioned that we plane chase. And since then, like a year and a half later, we haven't done a whole ton of plane chase. Maybe 
we do an episode on it because we, our group, does it differently than lots of other groups I've seen how they do it. And our way, I think that we've found the best way to do it. I think we broke that. We cracked the code. Yeah, we briefly outlined that we call it like a wormhole or rabbit hole plane chase in reference to jumping down the pile of planes three deep and seeing three at a time, but only going to one. So it's not like the Eternities map. It's not everybody gets their own mini plane deck. It's not put them all and then you just get what you get, right? So the way that we do it, I think, is the best way. And if CCO Nation wants to hear about it, let us know, either Twitter or Facebook comment on any of our posts or whatever. Yeah. Moving along, we have a grafted exoskeleton. Here's some more infect. You know what? I'm thinking that I'm thinking this deck might want to be green. I don't know. Anyways, there, there's there's green stacks. We'll talk about it in a minute. Okay. Four colorless. Equipped creature gets plus two, plus two, and has infect. And if grafted exoskeleton becomes unattached from a permanent, sacrifice the permanent. So if it gets unattached, it dies. The, the prefix grafted, that's what that means. If it gets unattached, it dies. Anyways, two to equip. So you're you're spending six mana to give something plus two and infect. Your chromium, if he's not muted, becomes a nine nine infector. With flying. With flying. Now, important though, when you discard a card to mute chromium, he loses all abilities. So if you have it equipped and then you mute him, he loses infect. And he's only a one one still. You, no, he, he his base power and toughness is oh, one one. Man. He still gets the buff. But he loses infect. So you'd have to like unequip it, then equip it again. And you can't do that. No, you can because he only has hexproof, not shroud. Well, yeah, but when you unequip it, he dies. Oh, yeah. You'd, you'd <laughs> yeah. kill two of your own creatures to get it back. It's the oh, worst. worst. So this is what you do chromium equipped with grafted exoskeleton. Attack. Oh, yeah, what you said. That is all. I was going to say mute him to give him hexproof, unequip it, he dies, cast him again, mute him again, re-equip, swing. Oh, but he doesn't have haste. Oh, I'm so bad. <laughs> Anyways. Next up, we have a Helm of Obedience. Ooh, you are after my own heart, sir. So this is maybe a win con, other than Infect, I think, because nobody uses this card unless they're playing it with something else. Okay, four mana. I'm going to see if I can get this right. X, tap, target opponent puts the cards from the top of his or her library into his or her graveyard until he gets a creature or x cards whichever comes first if the creature's mana cost is x or less you get it it's a hell of a card yeah but just moving ahead if you play it with something like leyline of the void who would ever play leyline of the void ryan it's a good card didn't you shit one out one time yeah <laughs> anyways <laughs> if you play it with leyline of the void x equals one or two or whatever tap they are putting stuff into their graveyard until they hit a creature and if they don't hit a creature because they can't because leyline exiles instead of putting it into your graveyard you mill their whole deck boom yeah that's leyline of the void helm of obedience combo that's like a vintage combo it's super dirty i don't know if it's a vintage combo anymore but it used to be could be yeah, in this deck sweet. you can have it on turn one yeah i'm proud of you you could turn one mill a guy how do we do this let's find out the next two artifacts could maybe help us mana crypt zero Taps for two, flip a coin at your upkeep. If you lose, take three. Don't care. Mana Vault. One, taps for three, doesn't untap unless you pay four. If you leave it tapped, take a damage. Don't care. Gives you three. So those two cards can give you five gall dang mana first turn. You could cast your Helm of Obedience, get your Leyline of the Void in play from your opening hand, still have mana left over for your Soul Ring. And then you could use the Soul Ring to mill a guy. <laughs> yes! Oh, yeah, that's how you do it. <laughs> Super sweet. 
Next up, we have a Mox Amber. Mox Amber. I think the weakest of the Moxes that we could be playing, but also not the most $100 of Moxes that we're playing. Zero drop, legendary artifact, taps to add one of any color among legendary creatures and or planeswalkers you produce. Now, if you added green to this deck, you could have a four color deck. That could give you four different colors instead of just three. I don't need four different colors, Ryan. I only need three. Moving on. Okay, we're going to keep going. We have a Norrin's Annex. <laughs> Interesting include. Now, I get the, the life-paying part, but people are going to be apt to pay life. Let's, let's tell them what it does. Phyrexian White, Phyrexian White, three. So three. I like it. Creatures can't attack you or Planeswalkers you control unless their controller pays Phyrexian White for each of those creatures. So it's white or two life. That's what Phyrexian white means. Why not propaganda? Ghostly prison. Shit, if you added green, you could have a four color deck and you could have collective restraint, which is the... Pay the number of enchantments you control. No, it's no. pay the number of basic land types you control. So if you have four basic land types, they have to pay four for each creature that attacks you. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, Ooh. people forget about collective restraint. That's an invasion classic. Yeah, we do. Uh, how about Orzov Signet? That's the black-white Signet. How about a Sol Ring? That's a Sol Ring. How about a Sphere of Resistance? Hmm, okay. Let's, 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 let's look at this. Two-mana artifact. Spells cost one more to cast. Just full stop. Stacks like them, full stops, hey? Yeah. That's it. I, I dig it. <laughs> uh, that is a good stacks card. Now, the next five, I've their flavor includes, we're going to just bang through them real fast. We talk about them enough when we talk Voltron. I have all five swords to represent the five colors of mana that came from the Moxon. And then as I was building the deck, I found a card that was just one card, and then I was already done. So, But you kept the swords. I just kept the swords. So okay. we're playing a suite of swords. Okay. It's uh, Body and Mind, Feast and Famine, Fire and Ice, Light and Shadow, War and Peace. They give protection. They do all kinds of stuff. They're the best equipment in the game. If you're playing a Voltron deck, play them. Can't argue. If you mute Chromium, they lose protections. That is all. Next up, we have Tanglewire. Oh, baby. Giving me shivers. Three-drop artifact. Fading four, because from Nemesis. Terrible ability. Excellent if you could proliferate it. I don't know. Maybe if you had green and have some popular general. I don't know. Um, okay, so at the beginning of each player's upkeep, that player taps an untapped artifact, creature, or land he or she controls for each fade counter on Tanglewire. Fading enters the battlefield with four counters, because it's got fading four. At the beginning of your upkeep... Remove a fade counter. When you can't remove a fade counter any longer, sacrifice it. So you get it for like four turns, but the fourth turn, nobody has to tap anything because there's no more fade counters on it. Uh, okay, fine, whatever. If you can keep the fade counters on it, super sweet. This is the uh, stacks card that I know because it's from Nemesis. Yeah, or if there is some way, and we talked about getting recurring value already from like bouncing your Baleful Strix, if you had something that could also bounce your Tangle Wire at the end of your opponent's turn... Then you can untap everything that you control and then drop your tangle wire again to reset its fade counters. Ooh. Yeah, then everybody else has to tap four shit and you don't have to tap any shit. How about Thorn of Amethyst? Love it. Two drop. Artifact. Non-creature spells cost two, one more to cast. So it hurts you because you're playing a lot of non-creature spells, but you got lots of mana rocks in the deck. Like there's 10 mana rocks in here. So I don't think that that's terrible. How about Torpor Orb? Two drop. Creatures entering the battlefield don't cause abilities to trigger. So, again, a little bit of a non-bow with your Baleful Strix, but you don't currently have any way to bounce it to get super value off it, and I think you just drop your Baleful Strix before you drop your Torpor Orb. Yeah. And Sun Titan doesn't care about it. And Sun Titan gives no Fs about that crap. How about Trinisphere? Oh, baby. 
three drop. If something costs less than three, it just costs three. I learned playing Ponza, because I'm a dirt sandwich. That it has its own step in casting spells. And if you cascade into something, you still have to pay three for it. So when you blood braid elf Stupid into everything. your whatever, it costs three instead of free, and that's bullcrap. But, you know, a few elves and affinity. Speaking of affinity, last artifact, Winter Orb. Here's another one that you could bounce at the end of turn, or if you had some way to tap or untap it. As long as Winter Orb is untapped, players can't untap more than one land during their untap steps. So it, it kind of rewards you for having lots of mana rocks. And if you had something like, whatever, first thing that comes to my mind, Mind Over Matter, that just says discard a card, tap or untap target artifact, creature, or land. If you could discard your whatever that you don't need to tap Winter Orb, I don't know, you can untap everything. And then just untap Winter Orb. Yeah. So, I don't know, that's a way, that's a way to do it. Moving on, Planeswalkers? Let's talk Planeswalkers. Now, the Planeswalkers are in here not for stacks purposes, although they do play through stacks pretty good. They very much do. Because once they're on the battlefield and your opponents can't really do very much, you have these things that just pump out value for fucking ever. Maybe some of them are for value, or sorry, for monetary considerations, but looking at the value of the deck, I don't think so because you're an asshole. Um, <laughs> arguably, and CCO Nation, tell me I'm wrong. Elspeth's son's champion could potentially be best planeswalker in EDH. Probably, yeah. So white, white, four. Elspeth, four loyalty, plus one. Put three white soldier tokens onto the battlefield. Plus one. Yeah. <sighs> Minus three. Destroy all creatures of power four or greater. So just mute chromium and then destroy everything. Next turn is bash in for nine or ten infect. So Sweet. cool. <laughs> Sweet. Okay. <laughs> Minus seven, who cares? You get an emblem with creatures you control, get plus two, plus two, and have flying. Chromium already has flying, but that plus two there with infect on him, uh, that'll get you to ten. Absolutely. So that's, that is an alternate win condition right there if you can plus her three times. Which, again, in a well-played staxy list, you you could. Yeah. And, uh, okay, barring adding green aside and maybe running a Traxa, I said it, there is some ways to proliferate without having a Traxa. If you could proliferate her and get to that emblem, um, that's a real thing. The next one, I think, was in there because you wanted to play the swords. Yes. So Nahiri the Lithomancer, white, white, three for a three drop, or sorry, for a three loyalty Nahiri plus two is you get a one, one white core soldier. And you can attach equipment to it, like just for free, right? Yeah. Uh, not terrible. It's not the worst. You drop them in and you've got a dude with a grafted exoskeleton or you've got a dude with a sword on him just bash in yeah again incrementally when they don't have anything he's... it's too bad it doesn't have haste eh yeah that would be nice uh, doesn't matter I guess uh, minus two you can put an equipment from your hand or graveyard onto the battlefield also cool it's recursion for your equipment yeah I've had a couple grafted exoskeletons be destroyed in my day because <laughs> they get rid of your equipment and it kills your guy uh, so it's like a two for one for them but Nahiri can get you that value back now her minus 10 her minus 10 is you get a legendary equipment equips for zero plus five plus five indestructible and double strike it's not legendary oh so you can get more than one of yeah, them so if, if you, you can... could minus 10 her twice in the same game in the same year yeah. <laughs> um, how big does chromium get in that case he becomes a 12 12 so he becomes a two hitter instead of a three hitter yeah two pump chump 
instead of a three. That's that's like 33% less pumps. Okay. Don't now, Google that either. Yeah, please. The next one, I really don't like this one. I understand why it's good in the deck, but I don't like it. Well, I don't like it either. I hate this bitch. Narset Transcendent? Are you kidding? <laughs> Saying it gave me a hive, Ryan. <laughs> gave you shingles again. <laughs> Narset Planeswalker is a six loyalty Planeswalker for two white blue. Plus one. Look at the top card of your library. If it's non-creature, non-land, reveal it, put it into your hand. Lots of those in this deck. So, yeah, I mean, you, you play her for four, you probably draw a card off of her. Probably. Depending so. on the situation. Yeah. Okay, her minus two. Minus two is when you cast your next instant or sorcery spell from your hand, it gains rebound. Ooh. Rebound is you play it, then you remove it from the game, and on your next upkeep, you play it again. Not terrible. So, okay, it's a four mana twin cast, but you got to wait a turn. Uh, okay. And you do that three times before Narset dies. Yeah, that's a thing. Hey, she got six loyalty for four mana? Talk about gaining six life and using Aetherflux Reservoir. And that's the ability I played her for. Oh, yeah? Not the draw card, but that. Because in my head, if I'm staxing somebody and I'm playing against a going wide aggro deck that possibly has the ability to rebuild really fast, like faster than my stacks things can take away their resources, if you Wrath of God them, it wipes them out. And oh, makes it shit, so they, I was thinking of Vindicate. And then they can't, or they can, but they wouldn't rebuild again because the next turn it's all going to get Wrathed away anyway. Fuck. You know what you could do? Narset, minus two, Wrath of God. Next turn, Wrath of God, Damnation. Next turn, Damnation, um, Supreme Verdict. Next turn, Supreme Verdict. You could have six Wraths. Like, you could stack two Wraths per turn or just stretch three Wraths over six turns. It's pretty cool. I don't mind that now. Man. And then her ultimate one is you get an emblem with your opponents, can't cast non-creature spells. And you're just wrathing their creature spells. Yeah. So, okay, her plus one. So you'd have to plus her four times and then minus nine her, so she would be at one. I don't know. It's too slow. The The ultimates always are too slow, but... This one's really good, and it, it works really well in the deck. Just ability one and two are what she's there for. Okay, I'm really digging Elspeth and Narset now. Okay, who else we got? Teferi Temporal Archmage. Okay, you, sir, are a piece of crap. Five loyalty Teferi for blue, blue, four, plus one. Look at the top two cards of your library. Put one of them into your hand, the other on the bottom. Ooh, I like that. That's like, that's real card draw. Yeah. So. It's mad card advantage. That's good. Mana advantage, minus one. Untap up to four permanents. Works good with Tanglewire. Because you can untap your four permanents that you tangled oh, with Tangle Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Minus 10. So he's got to be alive for six turns if you want to live after his minus 10. You get an emblem with, you can play loyalty abilities of planeswalkers on each turn. It's, it's, it, that's insane. That's never going to happen because you're going to use his minus ability. Just You're going to go like up, tick, down, tick, up, tick, down, tick, right? And then people are going to attack him because you're getting so much value through your stack stuff with him. Tezzeret the Seeker. Ah, uh, CCO staple at this point? I think so. I think so. I really like this Tezzeret. Four mana Tezzeret, blue, blue, three, plus one. Untap up to two target artifacts. So you're untapping through your Tangle Wire again, and you're, or you're tapping, untapping with Tezzeret and tapping again. That gets around the Mana Vault conundrum and gets you six mana so you can cast stuff through your spheres, your, your things that make stuff cost more mana. 
minus X is search your library for an artifact with converted mana cost X or less, put it onto the battlefield. Super great for ramp. We talk about that all the time. It is minus five. Artifacts you control become five fives until end of turn. So you plus them, untap two things, make a bunch of mana. Next turn, you crash in for the win because you just Wrath of God, then you Tezzeretted, and then you made all your artifacts five fives. Let's you win with aggro. So that's ah. two planeswalkers that are letting us uh, alt win con through our own stacks. Good on you. Okay, okay, I'm I'm digging it. Okay, so lastly, maybe leastly, I don't know, uh, or mostly. Yeah, there we go. Lastly and mostly, we have the enchantment section. This is where stacks decks typically live. And again, baby's first stacks deck. So be kind with me. I think you got some. You got some good ones. And you got some ones that I'm like, eh. and you got some ones that are, maybe let's proliferate them. <laughs> okay. Okay, so there's only 13 of them. And enchantments and artifacts, let's say that's where Stacks decks lives. But you hit the nail on the head with the first one, Aura of Silence, White, White, One. Enchantments and artifacts spells your opponent's cast, just your opponent's, cost two more. And you can sack it to destroy an artifact or an enchantment. Yeah, dual utility. Super good. How about Black Market? Okay, this is a little bit of a weird one, but I dig it. Black, Black, Three. When a creature dies, put a charge counter on black market. At the beginning of your pre-combat main phase, get a black for each charge counter on it. Now, we've all seen black market get up to, you know, 25, 30 mana pre-combat. And that makes us really want to run like uh, Exanguinate or uh, Torment of Hailfire. Because those are like alternate win cons in a stack stack because you just get free mana from your black market. Uh, You're not doing it. We're not proliferating those charge counters. Do we get that many before it gets destroyed if we if people know that we're not running those cards? What is this for? I run this one totally 100% banking on everybody being way more worried about my other stuff than it. And then when I damnation the, the aggro player twice in a row, ba-bam, 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 it'll have enough counters on it where I can, get, I can eke out some incremental value or play my six-drop dudes for two. That's why yeah, I play. Yeah, your two drop dudes that cost six, and then you play them for two. Yes. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, it makes Sun Titan cost white, white instead of white, white, four. That's kind of what it's there for, because I know that the deck is a little bit top-heavy as far as mana costs go, and this is a way of mitigating that. Okay, you I know? don't I don't mind that. I like the, um, you know how I make the joke value Yogmoth's will, when you just need to get something back from your graveyard and play a land? It's like the value black market. Yeah. Now, you did hear me say that we can proliferate those charge counters and we can use it as an alt-win con to get it up to 20 or 30 after a Wrath and then Exanguinate or Debt to the Deathless. Um, That's all possible in this deck. How about Blind Obedience? Enchantment, White, One, Extort, and also Artifacts and Creatures your opponent's control enter the battlefield tapped. I like that one. Takes away haste, takes away abilities, and just takes away blockers. I like that one. And it gains you life. And it's early game extort, super powerful. Sweet. How about Decree of Silence? Oh, baby. Now you're playing stacks. Now, this is an eight drop, so I'm not really a huge fan of it, but you can cycle it for six. You draw a card. When you cycle it, you counter a spell. Uh, Draw a card, counter a spell for six. Still lots. Let's hear what it does. Whenever an opponent plays a spell, counter that spell and put a depletion counter on Decree of Silence. If there are three or more depletion counters, sacrifice it. Partner that with a little ditty called Solemnity. Which we're also playing. Solemnity is players can't get counters. We'll talk about that in a second. Counters can't be put on artifacts, creatures, enchantments, or lands. Now, non-bow with infect, 
non-bow with tangle wire, non-bow with proliferating and adding attracts and all the things that I said. So if we added green, those two cards would probably come out. But as it stands, Solemnity and Decree of Silence, hard lock. Love it. Hard lock, donezo. You can still play your everything because it's only for your opponents. Yes, yeah, so sick. Love it, love it, love it. You're after my own heart. I'm trying. Uh, we already talked about Leyland of the Void. Leyland of the Void, just real quick. Black, black, two. If it starts in your opening hand, you can start the game with it on the battlefield. And if it, a card would be put into an opponent's graveyard from anywhere, anywhere, exile it instead. So it shuts off Entomb and reanimate strategies, and it's only for your opponent. Some people say, oh, well, there's like a one mana remove cards from graveyard spell or a zero mana Tormod's Crypt. No. This is only your opponents. That's why it's good. That's why you combo it with Helm of Obedience. Moving on. Light Minefield. White, white, two. This is from that Boros Barbwire deck we did a couple weeks back. Whenever one or more creatures attacks, Light Minefield deals damage to each of those creatures equal to the number of attacking creatures. Two creatures attack, they both take two. Three creatures attack, they all take three. And so on and so on. Shuts off token strategies. Not totally great if you've muted your Chromium, but uh, just play smart. Yeah, I suppose. I think you mute Chromium, if you're not attacking with him, you mute Chromium with a land or something you can get back with Sun Titan to give him Hexproof so he doesn't die. Correct. Okay. How about Mana Vortex? That's a good card, right? baby. Blue, blue, one. When you cast it, you gotta sacrifice a land. If you don't, it gets countered. So again, you just Sun Titan or Crucible the land back. At the beginning of each player's upkeep, that player sacks a land. Super sweet when all their stuff costs more and you start offing all their lands. When there are no lands on the battlefield, Sacrifice Mana Vortex. That'll never happen because you're going to have your Crucible of Worlds. Correct. Sweet. And your random map app excavator guy if you add green. Right. And you're playing ten, we're playing 10 rocks? So you don't need fucking land. I suppose. Well, somebody needs land or Mana Vortex goes, but... Well, yeah, I guess. We just have that one. Yep. Excellent. Sweet. How about Mystic Remora? Ooh, baby. Blue. Cumulative Upkeep 1. Whenever an opponent casts a non-creature spell, you may draw a card unless they pay 4. Key there... It's on turn one, so nobody be paying four for their mana rocks. So you're just going to draw uh, three, four cards, five cards. Like, okay, so you're playing stacks. You're playing the long game. You draw a card or two or three the first round of the table. You pay the one and forego playing whatever on turn two. You draw two or three more cards, right? Like, how long do you keep it around before you fall too far behind? I think you only keep it around, like, for two turns. But you could sun tighten it back. Or if you have Solemnity, it doesn't get age counters, so you can keep it around for free. That was my, I guess my third point was going to be that for sure. Also, it has a fish on it, and that's awesome. Super cool. Next up, we have Nether Void. You are an asshole for playing this card because it's almost $1,100. There are like pseudo replacements for Nether Void. We're going to get into them. Um, there is no Magus of the Void. I thought there was, but I there's did too. not. Talking about it before the show, I was so goddamn sure. There's Magus of the Abyss, and I think that that might be a suitable analog. C18? Oh! There's new Maguses in there all the time. Always. Hey, man, maybe you just read the future. At this time, we've only seen one card, so F Magus of the Void. Okay, black, three, world enchantment, so you can only have one. Whenever a player casts the spell, counter it unless they add an additional three. So... Good luck with that, Chud. Yeah, and they can't cast it with your other spheres and mana increasers unless they also pay those. So then on top of that, they have to pay three. Okay. If we're going to play stacks, we'll play stacks right, Ryan. How about Phyresis? Enchant creature? Enchant creature gets infect for black one. Full stop. Heuristic study. This card's like $20 now. C18, maybe. Blue, two. Whenever an opponent plays a spell, 
you draw a card unless they pay one. This card wins people games because nobody wants to pay the extra one. Nobody, they're already paying extra ones for all your spheres. They're not going to pay extra, extra ones so you don't draw cards. And that is how you win games. You draw more cards than the other person. That's how Stacks wins. Rustic Study needs a reprint. 100%. This card needs a reprint. It's a common. Yeah. Commons shouldn't cost 20 bucks. No. Especially when they're not on the reserve list. This is a non-reserve list card that's at common that costs $20. They need to reprint this. I don't want to see it reprinted just because I don't want to see it in a modern card frame. F you, Evan. Rule of law. White. Two. Each player can't cast more than one spell per turn. I like it. And then we Stack are stable. You know what? There is a blue one as well. Um, Arcane Lab or something? Arcane something? Uh, arcane Laboratory. Sure. Exact you, same card set blue. You play it in uh, Werewolves. Ha. <laughs> And then we already talked about Solemnity. So that is the deck. I love it. So when we look at the deck, we talked about card draws. Now we've got Ristic Study, Tefri, Sword of Fire and Ice, probably not enough. Uh, and, and and Mystic Remora, right? Like there is a few ways to draw cards. Do we include Sun Titan in there? He costs six and he doesn't really draw you a card. Like he's the best thing in your graveyard. Yeah. So I don't know. If you're going to play stacks, you got to have ways to eke out more advantage, and usually that means card advantage. But I would I would say card quality advantage as well. If you could fit something in there that, like, that loots, that's fine. I, you got a commander sphere too if you, if you have lots of mana, whatever. Uh, okay, targeted removal, five. We talked about Anguished Unmaking versus Vindicate. Yep. I, th- I still think that that's a good upgrade. I like Swords and Path, and they're not in here. For one mana, kill whatever. Swords oh, yeah. and Path probably should go in here instead of... Um, Hero's Downfall, which is a flavor include because... Okay, yeah. Instead of Hero's Downfall, I would give up the flexibility of destroying a Planeswalker. And Mortify, I would give up the flexibility of destroying an enchantment to just pay one mana to kill any creature. Because you already have taxing effects that make like the five and six mana enchantments that are so good in Commander, you make them harder to play, right? Mm. So if you have one mana shut off... Their strategy ends up being, hey, I'm just going to try and kill them with this big couple creatures. I'm playing Omnath. Yeah. Well, now you're not because now he's going to cost like eight or ten mana the next time you cast him because I spent one mana to get rid of him. Anyways, mass removal, five. And that doesn't count Narset because I didn't think of that. But <laughs> if you double that to ten, okay, that's lots. Mana rocks and dorks. And I'm I'm counting Sun Titan here okay. because he's such a card advantage house in that you can continue getting lands back and you're playing fetch lands. And of course he's white. Yeah. Okay. Stacks cards. Staxy cards. 16. Um, it's pretty good. The only thing that I had written here is is what is on theme and what isn't, right? And and you said like Heroes Downfall is, the swords are, but you actually found Command Beacon. Yeah, ca- so if we wanted to, we could cut those swords for... Uh, more card drawn control. Correct. Very okay. easily, very quickly. No attachment to the swords. I just had the Voltron kind of theme in there because I know I'm not the best stacks deck builder. This is kind of an experiment for me too. So I put the swords in as kind of a, uh, what do you call it, like a back stop. In okay, case yeah. Because so, sometimes I just need to turn a creature sideways to win a game. And that's And how you know I do what? I, I think that Chromium probably can do that on his own. Remember, three-hit chump, if you're killing or making it hard for them to put anything in Chromium's way, that's okay. Yeah. Um, let's give Command Beacon a read real quick because it uh, it's a commander-only land. Command Beacon is a land. Costs 22 bucks. Add one colors to your mana pool or tap, sack it, put your commander from the command zone into your hand. 
So it lets you avoid commander tax and it pseudo lets you draw a card on a land that you can get the land back with, with Sun Titan or Crucible of Worlds. So it negates commander tax if you have either of those cards. And it's on theme because it draws commander things to it, Ooh. right? It's F. Yeah, I do like it. Okay, but the swords could be cut. Absolutely. And if you're cutting the swords, cut Chromium. He's not your attacking commander anymore. Atraxa is, and you're playing green, and you're playing Proliferate with Atraxa and Infect. And if uh, if we want to get into it a little bit, like... And the deck is called Stax Traxa, and it's part of Project Atraxa, coming soon. I dig it. We're going to we're gonna let the stacks cool off because I'm sure some people are just like, I hate it! <laughs> right, so we're going to let the stacks cool off, but we're going to do that deck. I feel like I'm pissing off the whole audience with this deck because there's the people who hate stacks. Like, why are they talking about stacks? What's wrong with them? And there's the people who play stacks. Why is Brando so bad at stacks? <laughs> <laughs> Here's your thing. I think... <laughs> Everybody who everybody who doesn't play stacks is like it's super like it's a super difficult deck to build and to pilot. So everybody who plays it is terrible at it. Unless you're good at it, then then you're still then, terrible. Then everybody that you play against you think is terrible because you're that fucking guy. Oh, everybody's you're so terrible. Why did you build that deck? Oh my god, I'm better than you because I'm smarter because I can play stacks. Right? Like it's kind of like that, right? Yeah. Sorry, stacks players, but get a life. Um, <laughs> here's what I think. Turn one and two in this deck in this order. Ramp if you can, and then stacks piece, and then get some card draws or incremental advantage in. I don't think that that's really a thing. Like, your Mystic Remora on turn one is probably the only exception to that where you would want to get that in before you start to ramp. But everything else, get your soul rings, get your signets, get your mana vaults and crypts and turn one, right? Yeah. Turn two, or sorry, three, four, recurring value get your crucible get your ristic study get your reservoir and start trying to gain a little bit of life right i think that that's how it works or, or start to get a planeswalker if you could ramp on turn one and two into a planeswalker on three Bull. super good right turn four five wrath 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 start killing everything because rebuilding with six and seven drops that are common in commander a little bit more difficult when you can just spot remove them or tax the shit out of them and then turn five plus, get chromium, infect somebody, hold on. The beat hole sale ass. Yeah. All right. And that's where the swords help is that late game where you can where you've got chromium, you've maybe muted them a couple times and got advantage from your crucible or your sun titan getting the card you discarded to mute them to keep them alive. Then all of a sudden it's like turn seven, rip a sort of whatever, feast and famine. Cast, equip, swing. Right? And then turn later now you're wrecking their later. hand exactly untap all your land do some more stuff yeah exactly i think that's how this deck plays now budget section oh yeah oh yeah. baby here we go Jeepers. here we go so a whopping thirty five hundred and sixty eight dollars will buy you this deck as brando built it f the budget i i haven't got to say that in weeks god damn it i even went all i even went overboard on the land base I didn't even build a good land base. I just put duels and shocks and fetches and yeah, filters. Yeah, so here's the thing. I've got highlighted here, your average converted mana cost, 2.23. Now you've admitted that it's high on the top end. Lots of six drops. Okay, fine. Deck building principles. Get your colors and your lands to line up. You've got way more white cards than you have white mana sources. And I think that's just because you literally just went as much like try land, fetch land, shock land, dual land mana base and it's very symmetrical whereas your color distribution in your spells is not and one of the things with playing a land base like that i don't 
I don't want to sound, ooh, I'm so much better because I can do that. But, like, when you have a dual shock fetch filter mana base, you don't worry about colors. You kind of don't, but if you're going to take my suggestion in saving literally $1,200, yeah. you're going to cut your Underground Sea, your Tundra, and your uh, Badlands. What? You're going to do it. What? Because normal people don't play those cards. What? Fine. Then, okay, I'm, I'm conceding keep the shocks, keep the fetch lands, play the cheapy fetch lands that we always talk about because you need that value off of your Sun Titan and your Crucible. You're going to cut your Ancient Tomb Whoa. because it's $50 and taking two damage per turn in addition to your Mana Crypt, in addition to your Mana Vault, in addition to playing stacks and getting hated on, in addition to playing Aether Flux Reservoir, you can't give away any more life. You're going to pick up, hear me out, gain lands because you're going to be able to sacrifice them and play them again and sacrifice them and play them again to gain life off them each time. That's actually really good in a deck that wants to run 20 turns. If you could gain like 10 life off of a gain land, off of a land. But I want to tap the land to play a spell, Ryan. You're not going to be playing as many spells as you think. And that's why I say you need those one drop instants in there, right? That's, mm -hmm. that's why they're in there. So you can gain advantage incrementally in different ways that people can't interact with you on unless they're playing Vivictus as Mahdi Land Destruction. Or they steal your Leyline of the Void. Urgh. Pack your graveyard hate, kids. You're going to cut the Nether Void and maybe play Megas of the Abyss. Maybe you could play um, Megas of the Tabernacle. Yeah. Not the Abyss or the Tabernacle. No. <laughs> the Magus of those things. Yeah. We're saving money right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. For the record, I did consider putting the Tabernacle and the Abyss in this deck just to be a dink. I hate you. <laughs> now, get this. You could cut the Nether Void and still expensive, but you could play Academy Rector. You're going to save $1,000 doing this. Everybody loves saving $1,000. Yes. Okay? And when it dies, you could search for your Solemnity or your Decree of Silence, whatever side of the the, the lock that you don't have, right? And you could add a sack outlet like whatever, and you could run a high market, again, because it's just a cheapy land that lets you sack a creature to gain a life on your land. You could sacrifice your Academy Rector to find the other half of your lock. Ooh. Yeah, so just throwing that out there as a way to save $1,000. And it's good to have a sack outlet in a stack deck. Sure. Because people are going to come after you. And nobody's going to come after your Academy Rector, so you're going to have to kill it. And if you sub in Swords and Path, that's not going to do it. And you're sure as fuck not going to waste your hero's downfall on it, right? <laughs> Even if you can rebound it. All those five swords we talked about, 155 bucks. That's where we're going to get the extra room for any of that one-drop instant speed removal. We could cut Nahiri if that's the case, right? Because we're getting rid of all the swords. I think keep the Grafted Exoskeleton. Definitely. Because that's really good. Particularly if you could proliferate with something like Contagion Engine. Acts as like a pseudo board wrath when it enters the battlefield. Target player, all their creatures get minus one, minus one counters. And then it's four, tap, proliferate, proliferate. Pretty good. So if you hit somebody for eight infect, like your Tainted Strike Chromium is going to do eight, then you proliferate, proliferate. They're going to be at ten, they're going to die. Neat. Yeah. And you could, if you ran like a Phyrexia's Core, you could sacrifice your Contagion Engine to gain a life and then somehow get it back with like your Eternal Witness if you switch to Atraxa. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Suggested savings? 10 cards? 2,500 bucks. <laughs> 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 There's your budget section, everybody. Oh, dang. Deck, deck still costs 1,000. Wow. <laughs> 
final thing I want to suggest, and I know that this kind of goes against the budget thing as well, is Recruiter of the Guard to find that Academy Erector. Because <laughs> oh. then you can use the Academy Erector to find your lock piece. It's who's like a, a combo pe- chain. Who's a piece of shit now, Ryan? I well, think it's, it's always been me. Yeah, that's true. It's always been me. You just like to spend more money building decks than I do. <laughs> I like to be a piece of shit on a budget. I don't just throw money at being a piece of shit. I feel like that might actually make me a bigger piece of shit, Ryan. Oh, yeah. you might be right. Ah, damn CCO it. Nation, you let us know. Who's the bigger piece of shit? <laughs> Anyways, strengths and weaknesses? Let's do some strengths and weaknesses. Let's plow through them because I'm sure at this point it's pretty evident, ev- evident yeah. that I can speak. Correct. Strengths. Control. Yeah. Despite having no Cyclonic Rift in here. Should be a cyclonic rift in here. Control. Stacks can be super powerful if you're willing to go the distance. You like two or three hour games? This is your deck. Esper, best stacks combination in my opinion. But you just suggested we add green. Uh yeah, but you don't need to if you went like full blown and you actually didn't care about the budget. Like if we built this deck in real life, there's no way I'm putting another void in it. Putting an eternal witness instead of another void. Yeah, if you have the nether void. And like an erratic portal to bounce my eternal witness. Something like that. And a invoke prejudice. Yeah, no, you're, you're still doing it wrong. You don't play invoke evoke prejudice? It's if you're not still caring like $300. Ab- but we're not caring about the budget is what we're talking about. Oh, no. Like I, if you I, have unlimited budget to build it, do you put evoke prejudice in a stack stack? Uh, maybe a mono blue stack stack. Because it takes out all the red and green, which again is most of your creature swarm, right? That's how a stack stack would build something that could just play, like fart out 100 creatures in a turn. I suppose. Yeah, it's a good card. But it's like four blue or something, isn't it? Or three yeah, blue? it's ridiculous. Yeah. It's a ridiculous card. card. But. This deck, I like this as a strength, rewards politickery. <laughs> politrickery. There right? we go. Thinking out your plan, good timing. Essentially, because it is a difficult deck to play, it rewards you from being skillfully and timing correctly and sneaking in that little comment here and there like, hey, what about this? Or remember when Geoff did that? Or, hey, this is what the threat is. He's going to crater hoof next turn. Somebody get it. I already countered that thing, right? Yeah. Okay. But at the same time, weakness, difficult to play. That's why everybody who isn't, air quotes, a stacks player is bad at it. And stacks players hate everybody trying to be a stacks player. (laughs) Anyways, draws a ton of hate. Super expensive. It's the kind of thing that you kind of, you almost have to be left these cards in a will at this point. Or otherwise, (laughs) you're never going to play this deck. Yeah. Um, Extremely difficult to pilot. I think that that's... That's the key. And in this particular list, again, we talk about it a few times. It's kind of all over the place because I also have, like, the theme includes. Like, the Planeswalkers are theme includes. The Swords are theme includes. I'm playing Subopter Removal for theme reasons because... Yeah. Ravidel and Chromium, right? That's okay because none of those cards, other than, like, maybe Nahiri and Narset, if you're not building around them, none of those cards are bad. They're just suboptimal compared to what the ideal stacks list is in Esper. Yeah. None of them are bad cards. So I think that's fine. Milk list? How we do card of the the week? week. What are we doing this week? What do you got? What do you think? What do you know? This week we're going to go Pontiff of Blight. Pontiff of Blight. Zombie Cleric. So he's got at least one super relevant creature type. 2-7 for Black Black 4. Extort. Other creatures you control have extort. So I like this guy. Used to have him in my zombie deck because it had lots of low to the ground, like two drop, three drop zombies. And I thought, okay, that's really cool. It plays like big mana black package, but he costs six. So what do you think? What do you think about him? I think he costs six. That's too much. I think once you've hit a six 
and you're playing it, like you say, in a low-to-the-ground deck of any sort, zombies or not, you play any spell, and you already, you clearly have six mana. Play something for one, you can tap five, and hypothetically, let's say you're playing against three other people, you just gain 15 life. And I think, yeah, if, if, if you've gone creature on four, five, six, right? Four, five, then him, you've got three creatures, then any one, two drop, whatever, off the top of your deck is, like, pay three. Gain an extra nine life. It gives every spell you play multi-kicker of Orzov drain. And that's pretty cool. I think that there's a lot of times when that becomes very useful. I like that multi-kick of Orzov drain. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Dig that. And... Cool picture. It's a super cool picture. And it only costs 50 American cents or 365 Canadian dollars if you include the tariff. Yeah, for sure. Um, Cool foil, too. What's it from? It's from C14 and... Is it Dragon Maze? An actual good card from Dragon Maze. Whoa. Well, I, w- I was kind of soft on it. I wasn't as high on it as you were, but yes. But still, this is probably the best card in Dragon's Maze. That might not be true. This maze is end. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Hey, Dragon Maze has won me at least one game. Pontiff of Blight has won me a whopping zero games ever. Results-oriented thinking. Touche. Milk List? Everybody loves the Milk List. Milk List, as per EDHREC.com is a list of all of the most commonly played cards at each converted mana cost in any color combination. Today, Esper. Or as the kids like to say, Esper my D? Ah! (laughs) I I was going to say blue, white, black. Oh, I don't think anybody says that. I think they say Esper. Yeah. The zero drop in Esper. Mana Crypt. Yes. Soul Ring at one. Yes. Cyclonic Rift at two. No. You... You missed. You I missed did, that one. I did it. Chromatic Lantern at three. Yes. Supreme at four. Yep. Gilded Lotus at five. Nope. Mm, Merciless Eviction. That's not a bad one. Nope. Magister Sphinx at seven. Nope. Sphinx of the Steel Butthole at eight. Nope. Dark Steel Forge at nine. Nope. Omniscience at ten. Nope. Mycosynth Golem. I guess that's an artifact card, yeah, at eleven. Nope. Blightsteel Colossus. Nope. Emrakul Promised End. Nope. Dinkmouth Infusion. Nope. Four Milk List matches. That's okay. You're playing Esper, like an Esper control deck. I thought we were going to have more, but you didn't have a Rift or a Gilded Lotus. I thought about Gilded Lotus, but then just didn't play it. You know what? It's a five mana mana rock that is going to get taxed because of your own sphere effects. Sure, it's good once you have it because you negate the cost of your sphere effects with one card, but, uh, you know. It still costs, call it seven. You tap it for yeah. three mana for seven. It does get around Trinisphere, but it doesn't get around um, Sphere of Resistance. It doesn't get around anything else like that. And if you did want it to go more stacks and put in things like Thalia, like original Thalia that makes non-creatures cost more, and Glow Rider, which makes non-creatures cost more, those are other common stacks. Creatures and uh, Gaddock Teague, like you can't cast it if you had Gaddock Teague, if you added green, right? So you got to be careful of mana rocks like that because it's like really good, but eh. You read the text box, it's awesome. Yeah. But you got to look at it contextually, and maybe it's not always the best. Okay. Spice calculator. I'm going to go through it quickly. We've got two tutors in here. We've got a Tezzeret and a Di- Demonic Tutor. Yeah, the good one. Definitely the good one. Okay. Popularity. Right now, EDHREC.com, 41 lists only for Chromium. Um, put some pretty low down there under old Chromium, who's got 56 lists in <laughs> 25 years. Now, why didn't I play the other Chromium? Should we read her just real fast? Absolutely. Okay, Old Chromium is a 7-7 for white, white, blue, blue, black, black, 2. Oh, my God. What the hell? 
flying. Mind you, that's like the new one costs seven. This one costs eight. This one has six pips on it. Yeah. <laughs> How? But what do you get? What do you get for eight? It's probably good. Six of which are hard colors. You got a flying rampage two. Rampages they get plus two plus two when it gets blocked by the second thing. Yeah. And at the beginning of your upkeep, sacrifice it unless you unless you pay white, blue, black. It's terrible. It's actually bad. It's a really terrible. I card. think it's actually the worst of the original Elder Dragons. It even has kind of a crappy picture on it to be honest with you they just all had like metal album covers that were drawn by people in other people's basements in the 80s that's where they got the arts for those anyways yeah. um it's the 14th most popular commander in edh record i think it's going to go up i think you'll see it jump up to about as high as 10 there might be 200 lists for this guy i would say it'll probably max out around there too yeah yeah, yeah. not very good but you know give her time average cmc 3.5 Two, three. I said that that's too high for a stacks deck, but we cut a bunch of uh, swords and added one mana instance, which would lower that to about uh, a sub three for sure. Anyways, optimal game size, four. Don't draw any more hate than you have to in those big games. Correct. Especially if you're playing stacks, you want to keep it to a number. You want to pick a number when you build the deck and then build for that number. Yeah. For example, 1v1 stacks or 4-man pod, your douchebag stacks. Okay. Yeah. Uniqueness rating, cards in your list that are different than the stock list on edhrec.com. The list there isn't very established yet, I don't think, because we've only had it up for a couple weeks and people are putting like the obvious includes in. Your list, 40 cards different than the edhrec list. That's right. Still good because I don't think people are taking them the stacks route. Not yet, not ever. I don't know if people are doing Voltron with them. Um... I know things like Black Market were in there, some of the removal, some of the rocks. I'm sure one day you'll see those swords start popping up in the EDH rec lists because people are going to find out that muting them to make them unblockable, then suiting them up and like putting a hatred on them or something is going to be good. But, I mean, that's just hatred. It's good. 40 lists or 40 unique cards. Punch it all in. 39. Spice. That's okay. Yeah, it's not 50. That's no. where we like to be on CCO, but yeah. it's also... You had two tutors in there. You get a couple points if you only had one. And if you cut all those fast mana rocks out and played like janky, like unblockable tribal or something, I mean, that sounds more CCO and you'd probably yeah. get a 50 or 60 on the spice rating there. It also sounds more like something that I would do. I agree with that. What's the theme of this one? Everything is unblockable. Oh. What are you doing? You'd still have the infect in there, right? Absolutely. Okay, I, would. Good. I would have yeah. more infect than man I do now. Man after my own heart, for sure. Okay, what do you think? Second last week in Ark of Planeswalker, Chromium the Mutable, new kind of contemporary take on stacks. Good, bad? Would you build it in real life if you had $7 trillion? I think building this deck was an experience for me because I've never built stacks before, which is kind of why I wanted to try it. And I had a really hard time coming up with something to build for this week. I had like builder block or whatever you want to call it. And you suggested stacks at some point. Mm -hmm. And I was like... I think I think I brought up stacks when I was talking about um, kind of f not flexing on your on your meta, but mixing up your meta to keep people challenged, so it doesn't get stale, or so your meta doesn't settle and just become like four or five dudes bobbing in the water, you know, holding their cards up so they don't get wet. I want to make it challenging, and I think stacks like the Vivictus Asmati Land Destruction deck is how we started talking about this. I think that does this. I think that's how we started on the stacks route. Yeah, so I, I gave it a try, and I I kind of dug parts of it, and then I didn't dig other parts. So what I did was I 
or I'm doing from this is I'm I talked last week I want to build that bear. So I'm going to do mono green yeah, bear stacks. Terror of Kelsisma or whatever. What's his name? I don't remember. I don't know. Goreclaw. Goreclaw, Terror of Kelsisma, makes your four power dudes cost less or something. Yeah. And then I can place some kind of green color hate stuff and some of the other stacksy things that we've been talking both on the show and kind of off the mic uh, in that deck, along with some creatures that have no business costing three. And like maybe, Delta? Yeah. Fuck yeah. Or Vorinclex. Would also be good if he cost three. Well, he doesn't cost three, but he'll cost less. I don't mind in, it in, in this deck. So maybe it'll be cool. It's kind of given me some ideas and some directions on where I can go to uh, fill out my my deck box. I've taken a few decks apart. I took apart my Marchesa Queen of Death Touch deck, which I kind of feel bad about because I don't know. I like that deck a lot, and I took apart Snakes. Miss Snakes. Oh, you took apart Snakes. That was like episode five. Yeah, it was the like the third deck I ever built. And first um, one I ever tried to foil out. Queen Marchesa was episode ten. Yeah, it was very popular. People liked it. Way back, hey? Death Touch Tribal. Dang. But uh, yeah, so those both came apart, and I'm kind of looking for new stuff to do, so I'm going to try a mono green gore claw stacks list. Sounds terrible. If anybody wants to help me out, and looking at this deck list, I need all the help I can get. Uh, hook us up, Hit me up on Facebook or Twitter. I'm CCO Brando if you want to find me on there, as opposed to just the show. Um, yeah, I'd appreciate any help you have to offer me. Yeah. Or send him a big F you, because he's actually... Being inspired by the stacks episode and is going to build stacks. At least you're CCOing it with big creatures and do it in mono green and not in Esper or like like white blue. Like actual stacks colors. Oh, you know who'd be good in this deck? I just thought of super hot Hannah Ships Navigator. Yeah. yeah. She's good in every deck, isn't yeah. she? It sounds like your final thoughts of the day. Anything else? Bookend this episode for us. Okay, bookend in the episode. Remember, you have one week left to enter into our Kenrith Twins giveaway. You can do that by interacting with us anywhere on social media. That includes bidding on Ryan's altar cards or checking us out on Podomatic where we're trying to take down the scrapbooking ladies. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter. Becoming a patron will get you entries. Anything you can do to kind of help us spread the show out into the world, uh, we will... Thank you by putting your name in the hat a couple more times. As far as the deck goes, I really enjoy the exercise of building it more than I enjoy the actual deck because this really isn't really my speed, but I know it's in Ryan's wheelhouse, so we ended up having an okay discussion about it anyway. I hope you guys super dug it. So building the deck was an adventure and it was a journey as is every week here on Commander Cookout Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. I know we did. We're going to be back next week for the last episode. We're thinking, a Planeswalker we haven't done yet? Yeah. So tune in to see what we've come up with on the next episode of Commander Cookout Podcast. Hit our theme song! Ravidel.